1: Dr. will go ahead and pass out uh, sermon notes, and um, if you remember last week, we started this mini-series within the stewardship series, just simply titled Faith, Finances, and a Fresh Start, and uh, we've been on the subject of stewardship uh, for some time now, and stewardship encompasses everything that we do. Uh, To be a steward just simply means to be what? You tell me, what is a steward? A steward is a manager, right? A steward is a manager, and really, we don't own anything. I'm going to give you some scripture for that in just a moment. Everything belongs to the Lord. We are just to manage and steward and take care of everything that He places in our possession. Four words we know every time we talk about stewardship. You shout it out with me. God owns it all. I'm going to back that up with some more scripture here in just a moment because I want you to have the reference for that. I don't want you to say Pastor John says, I want you to say the Word of God says that God owns it all. I'm going to give you reference for that in just a moment. But last week we started this mini-series within the stewardship series and within the stewardship series we were talking how God wants us to be a river and not necessarily a reservoir. A reservoir. Uh, a reservoir just gets stuff and, you know, we get all we can, we can all we get, and we sit on the can. That's a reservoir. The reservoirs start to stink after a while and they get stagnant and algae and they're just not very nice to go swimming in. Uh, but, however, a good river that's flowing uh, with, uh, with fresh water intake and it's flowing across the rocks and down through them, that's an amazing resource for life uh, for us to drink from and Bathe in and swim in, and it's just so much you can do with that type of um, of a water source. That's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be a river. And so we're talking about how we become this river. So within this stewardship series, we're, we're going to take a few Sundays here and simply just talk about money. Okay? Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Why? Because the Word of God talks about it. Matter of fact, over 2,000 verses in Scripture deal with the subject of money. Do you think it's important? It sure is. The scripture that I had Dustin come up and read earlier, part of that scripture says where your treasure is, there your heart is also, right? So wherever we're investing and in putting our money, our heart and our life is is being drawn to that. And God is not after your money, right? But what is God after? He wants he wants our heart. He wants our lives. He wants us to worship Him and serve Him and live for Him, invest in Him. And He knows wherever we place our dollars, our heart is going to follow that. And that's why the tithe is implemented. That's not my idea. That's God's idea, right? It's in Scripture and, and some cr- tremendous biblical principles that take place When, it, as far as finances are concerned that bring tremendous blessings to our life. But we've got to allow Jesus to not only be the Lord or the Savior of our life to save us from hell, and I'm thankful He does that, right? I'm thankful I don't have to die and go to hell, aren't you? I'm thankful I get to live in heaven. I'm thankful I have all of His promises. The Scripture says all of God's promises are yea in Christ Jesus. So that means they're affirmed in the person of Jesus Christ. I, I can bank on all of those, but I'm also glad that He's also the Lord of my finances, not just the Savior of my life, but the Lord of my life, everything that I do and everything that you do, we should do in a way that brings honor and glory to Him. Would you agree with that? That's what Scripture teaches us. First Corinthians ten thirty one. Okay? Whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all for the glory of God. And so we want to glorify Him in everything, including our finances. But a lot of folks can give a lot of a lot of folks will trust God with their soul and their eternity. But they just won't trust him with the tangible thing of George Washington bills, if you will, or our money and our finances. I want to challenge you trust God in the air of your finances. I promise you, you can't outgive him. And uh, and he will bless you if you'll just trust him in those areas. So that's kind of what we're talking about. Everyone should have your sermon notes. I think they handed those out uh, for everybody. This is what we started last week. You'll see how I'm going to help navigate you. I'm going to be your GPS system as we talk a little bit about faith, finances, and a fresh start. I want us to read together, and I don't think I have a slide for this, Charlie, uh, but it's just on your sermon notes. I want us to read together our memory verse And I put it in the message paraphrase translation of the Bible. In Luke chapter 14 and verse number 28. It's in your sermon notes. Let's read this together. The scripture says, Is there anyone here who, planning to build a new house, doesn't first sit down and figure the cost so you'll know you can't complete it? Now let's read it again. Everybody together, okay? Here we go. Is there... Doesn't first. All right. So there are some scriptures, and that's our memory verse that I want us just to kind of meditate on and think on, and hopefully you'll memorize that. Whatever your favorite translation is, dig that scripture reference out and memorize it. And um, and I promise you, the Lord will start working in your heart and in your life over the whole area of your your finances. So last week I shared with you, as we look at our sermon notes, last week I shared with you on this road to financial freedom, and that's kind of what we've titled this uh, little portion of the sermon. And I'm going to be your GPS. I'm going to help navigate you on this road, this pathway to financial freedom. And a lot of folks say, boy, if I could just get a million dollars in a year, I'd be well on my way to financial freedom. You probably would not, okay? Matter of fact, most of you have already made over a million dollars in your lifetime, so you're part of the millionaire Club of life. Most of you've already made over a million. You realize if you work for 40 years, what's our number? we did last, last week? 40 years at 20,000 a year. 25,000 a year, 40 years is a million bucks. OK? So most folks make over 25,000 dollars a year. Some may not. but if you spend a lifetime of 25,000 dollars a year and you work 40 years, you've made a million dollars. So welcome to the Millionaire Club, right? So just making a million dollars, that's not your catch-all, and that's not your problem, that's not your solve-all, right? I mean, the Lord blesses us financially. It's what we do with it, it's how we manage it. And here's something I know, and I'm going to show you a video at the end of my message today that will prove this point. If you are not faithful to God over the little that you may have now... Let's just say all we're making is 15000 a year, okay? That's our annual income, if that's what it is. If we're not faithful to God in managing that, what makes you think God is going to bless you with more if you're not managing well what He's already placed in your care, okay? Some folks say, boy, if I could just make a million dollars a year, I would, tithe, would have any problem tithing on that. Yes, you would. If you're not tithing on $15,000 a year, you're not going to tithe on a million, The percentage is the same. Are you with me? The dollar amount is going to be different. There's going to be a comma in there. (laughs) But the percentage is the same. Are you with me? So I want you to start thinking in those terms and get out of the worldly way of thinking and let's look into God's word and see what God has to say about some of these directions that we should be going. Last week I shared, I got to hurry, last week I shared with you four navigational turns or principles that we've got to take on this road to financial freedom. Look in your sermon notes. I filled them in for you for this week. You're responsible for financial, what's the first one? planning, right? And that's what Luke fourteen twenty eight says, that we are to sit down and plan our finances. I love what Dave Ramsey said. Instead of at the end of the month, when you realize you have more month at the end of the money, right? Instead of doing that, you sit down at the beginning of the month and you tell every dollar where it's going to go. That's a tremendous principle. Where, where do you think he got that? You think Dave Ramsey just pulled that out of the air somewhere out of Nashville, Tennessee? Thought this would be good. Let me see if I can preach this all across the country. And it worked. Do you think that's where he got it? No, we got it from Scripture, right? We're to plan. And that's a little bit what we talked about last week. Turn number two. You're responsible for financial discipline. The body says that we are to buffet the body daily, right? Go to Golden Corral every single day and buffet the body no, no, no. That's the King James Version. It says buffet. It means to bring into submission. Bring the body into submission. Discipline the body. There needs to be some discipline even in our area of finances. We talked about that last week. Turn number three that I shared with you last week is that you're responsible responsible for financial management. It's one thing to plan. It's another thing to start disciplining yourself, but then you've got to start managing that now on a monthly basis and doing that. We talked about that. Number four, we close with this one. You are responsible for? (laughs) Everybody say that good and loud. I love that. Working. Working, right? You realize God's number one way of providing for you financially is for you to go to work. Yeah, that's amazing. Right. It's amazing. But that's God's number one way of providing for all of us financially is simply us going to work. So that's the four navigational turns that we took last week. I want us to pray together right now, and then I'm going to jump into turns five through eight, give you four more turns on this road to financial freedom, some biblical principles that hopefully will help all of us. And then I want to show you about a four minute video at the very end that hopefully will bring all of this together okay so I can't I can't be long on these next four points but let's let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll jump into this father we thank you for your word thank you for the the Holy Spirit that lives within us that illuminates that lightens brings to our attention brings to our understanding the word of God And you are the author of the book and in your amazing book that we call the Bible the inspired, infallible, inerrant Word of God are some amazing principles that deal with our finances. And God, help us not to shut down whenever we start talking about money, but help us open up our hearts and our minds and our eyes and our ears and help us to see what your Word is teaching us about our money. And Father, we want to be good stewards. We want to be good managers. And At the end of the day, we want to hear you say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. That's the ultimate prize for every single one of us, to hear you say, well done, even in the area of our finances. So I pray now that you open our hearts and our minds and give us understanding. I pray that you speak to us, that you finger around in our heart and reveal areas in our life that may need some of our attention. Possibly some areas in our life that, that we have, we've been the Lord over, and, and we need to submit that and surrender that to you and allow you to be the Lord of our life in those areas. Father, I don't know what everyone's need is here this morning, but God, you do. And I pray you meet those needs and we'll give you the honor and the praise and the glory. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Let me give you turn number five. I've given you four last week. You can go back and listen to the podcast. Is the podcast up? Where's Brad? Brad and Patty. Anybody here? Is the podcast up? Close. Close. Okay, we're getting real close to getting all that called up and up and speed, so you can go back and listen to that. Uh, but let me give you turn number five here. You are responsible, get this one, to save for the future. Every single one of us are responsible. I love, I love Dave Ramsey's principle on this, and he talks about having an emergency fund. Okay, quit going in the debt and having an emergency fund. And Dave Ramsey talks about $1,000 to be set aside for emergencies, to take care of some of those so that we all can work and get out of debt. But we are responsible to save for the future. Matter of fact, saving money really just shows our wisdom, and it shows that we are responsible as stewards of God's money. Matter of fact, he owns it all, right? So listen to what Proverbs 21.20 says. Proverbs 21.20 says, the wise man does what? Saves for the future. Everybody say that with me. The wise man saves for the future. But the foolish man spends whatever he gets. Okay? So we need to live on a principle. I love um, uh, J.C. Penney way back in the day. He uh, a strong, strong Christian man. And he started living on this principle of 10 10 80. Tithe 10%, save 10%, live on 80%. And he, wanted, and he just prayed, Lord, bless me in my little retail store that I'm starting up, in this one little store that I'm starting up. His name was J.C. Penny, It may ring a bell. You may have seen that somewhere. But he started in this little store, and he said, God, bless my little business. I'm going to tithe on my business. And then as God started blessing him, he went from 10, 10 80, which, by the way, is a fantastic place for all of us to start. We should be tithing 10% into, into the local church, right? Saving 10% of our money. Live on the other 80% is probably where we all need to strive to start and be but then J.C. Penney said, I'm going to go a step further. I'm now going to tithe because God's been blessing me and I can live on this 80%. I, I Now I'm going to tithe 20% and save 10 and live on 70. And then he went to tithe in 30% and save 10 and live on da, 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 60. And then he went to tithe in 40 and tithe in 50 and tithe in 60 and tithe in 80 and tithe 90%. And God was still blessing him as he saved his 10 and just lived on whatever was left. Isn't that amazing how that happens? But where did it start? Not after J. C. Penny was in every mall all across America did he start doing that. He started that when he opened his first little retail store. Right? 101080. It's a great place for us to start. Tithe our 10% into the local church. Give that back to God, it belongs to Him then save 10% tithe to God worship Him, pay yourself and then pay everybody else are you with me? Nothing wrong with saving, but I think there are some biblical guidelines that we need to look at. And I have several slides here that I'm going to show you. They're not in your sermon notes, so you may want to take a picture of these as they pop up. But let me give you some biblical guidelines whenever it comes to saving money. So take a picture of these. Go ahead, Charlie, first one. Here's what I want you to see. Number one, maintain a proper view of, say this next word for me, ownership. Who owns it? God does, right? And the scripture verse that I want you to get is in First Chronicles 29 and verse number 11. Now let's look at this. I think I have it in the slide. First Chronicles 29. We're just going to kind of skim through this. It says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours. I want you to see what I put in bold. Everything in the heavens and On the earth is mine. Is that what Scripture says? No. Everything in the heavens, everything on the earth is whose? It's the Lord's, right? Oh Lord, this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Next slide. Continue this passage of Scripture. Wealth and honor come from you alone. Let me ask you where does your wealth come from? It comes from the Lord. And this is what Scripture is teaching us. Where does it come because you're, you're a wise business person? You may have some gifts and talents, but ultimately it comes from the Lord. Your blessings all come from the Lord, okay? Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Next slide. Everything we have has come from you. I just want you to see where God owns it all with this passage of Scripture. And we give you only what you first gave us. Oh Lord, our God, even this material that we have gathered to build a temple to honor your holy name comes from you. It all belongs to you. Okay? So even in 1st Chronicles, and there's many passages of scripture that deals with the principle that God owns it all. So I want us to maintain while we're saving Let's maintain a proper view of ownership. It belongs to the Lord. It is His. All of it. Okay? He owns it. He owns it all. So that's the first view that I want you to get. Number second thing, I want you to maintain a proper view of our security. So as we're saving money, maintain a proper view of ownership. But secondly, maintain a proper view of your security. My security is not in my savings. My security is not in my investments. My security is not in my paycheck. My security is not in any job that we may have. Our security is where? it's in the Lord, okay? So we've got to maintain that. So as we're working through our finances, and as we're tithing and saving and working out our finances, as we're planning to be disciplined, and we're managing and we're working and we're doing all these things now we're saving, I want you to maintain a proper view of ownership, but also maintain a proper view of your security, okay? Because our security is in the Lord. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17 says, teach those who are are rich in this world, not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable, their trust should be in God okay so place and keep your trust in God number three is this: beware of impure and unbiblical motives and priorities and reasons for saving okay now you got to be careful right here because satan Satan is roaming around seeking whom he may devour. And if he can get you derailed in an area of your life, even in the area of your finances, he will do that. He will shift the focus of why you are saving money. So we must beware of these impure and unbiblical motives and priorities and reasons for saving, such as anxiety. Are you wanting to save money just so you don't worry any longer? Well, that's not a good reason to save money, right? You should put your trust in the Lord to take care of the anxiety problem, not your trust in a savings account to take care of your anxiety problem. Are you with me? Say amen or owe me, but just kind of let me know you're out there, okay? Are you with me? You see where I'm going with this? So we got to guard against that. So, such as hoarding as a result of insecurity. Another wrong reason of why we should be saving, right? Getting all I can and can all I get and sit on the can because I am insecure in my life. Wrong motive for saving. What is another wrong motive for saving? Another wrong motive for saving is just coveting stuff. Coveting your neighbor's stuff or your neighbor's lifestyle or whoever it is that, that you're looking at. And trying to covet after what? Trying to mirror. I want my life to be like their life. Well, that's sinful. Are you with me? Matter of fact, in Corinthians... Everybody look at me. I want you to get this. In Corinthians, it says... Those who compare themselves among others are not wise. So what is the opposite of wisdom? What is the opposite of being wise... To me, it's being foolish, right? So you take that passage of Scripture where it talks about comparing ourselves with others and always trying to keep up the Joneses and wanting to have the lifestyle that somebody else has and wanting to do what somebody else is doing and wanting to obtain what they have. Therefore, I'm going to save so I can do that. That leads to sin. And Scripture says it is not wise when you do that. So if we take the opposite of that, it's really being foolish, when we do that. So we've got to guard against some of these impure and unbiblical motives and priorities for for saving. Let me give you another one. You gotta be careful with decisions concerning future investments that are made and be sure they're made prayerfully and in view of the Lord's will. So whenever you are saving, whenever you are investing, whenever you are, be sure you pray about that. Be sure you're in the center of God's will concerning that. Are you with me? Be sure you have the peace that passes all understanding with that. Be sure that God is being honored and pleased with that. Right? Are you guys getting this? Let me give you another one. Don't use money in saving or investment programs that God desires you to be used for giving. So don't take some of that money and put it in an investment or a savings program that God wants you to bless others. Remember, we live life like this. We're the river. We're the reservoir. Not to hoard it, but to give. Blessed is the giver, right? It's more blessed to, finish it for me, you know this, give than receive. So there may be times when God has blessed you financially and what he's wanting you to do is not simply hoard that money for yourself. He wants you possibly to look around and he may have brought someone across your path that he wants you to help them financially. Now, let me just say this, all tithe comes to the local church. But any giving above that, there are plenty of ways you can do and give and be a blessing to others. And there's been many times that my wife and I have been out to eat and we see a family or we see individuals and we both kind of know it immediately because it's the Holy Spirit just speaking to us and says, let's pick up their bill. One time we were out buying groceries and we we just saw an individual in the aisle with a basket load of groceries at walmart and we looked at each other and said yeah that's what we need to do and stepped up and bought their groceries and i don't know why god laid it on our heart to do that but he he put us in a situation where we could do that and we said okay we're not going to save that money for ourselves. we're going to give and try to be a blessing to others in that particular area." so pay attention to those and most of the time god's not going to slap you upside the head most of the time that's not how it's going to happen I hope I woke somebody up right there, right? That's not how it's going to happen. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be that still small voice. Just that gentle nudge in your spirit. And you're going to think, nah, that can't be God. I'm, I need a thunderbolt lightning strike from heaven. Most of the time, that's how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Just those gentle nudges that you oftentimes, because I know sometimes I do this, dismiss that as, I don't know where that thought came from, right? Oftentimes, that's the Lord. So let's be aware of that one. Let me give you another one. Avoid high-risk investments or get-rich-quick schemes. And Lord knows there's enough of that out there, and there's some scripture reference that backs that up. Take a picture of that. We need to avoid those types of get-rich-quick schemes and those high-risk investments. Number seven, watch your priorities, And I'm talking about our motives and reasons behind our saving. Okay? We've got to guard our priorities and why it is that we're doing that. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. But what are we to do? You realize that's a conditional promise, right? You want all the things to be added to you? What must we do? You tell me. Seek him first. So I put on the slide here, make the kingdom of God your number one investment. Make it your number one priority in all of life, okay? So... That's a little bit talking about how we are responsible to save for the future. Let me give you turn number six, and I've got to hurry. Turn number six is this. You must learn to be content with what you have. Be content with what you have. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, or 11 through 13, the Apostle Paul says, For I have learned how to get along happily. Whether I have much or I have little, I know how to live on. Sorry for the top of them. On almost nothing or with everything, I have learned the secret of contentment in every situation. Guys, we must learn to be content. And whenever we learn to be content, what it's going to do, it's going to free us up to wholeheartedly follow the Lord. It's going to free us up to pursue His values, His objectives, His will for our life whenever we Get a hold of this thing called being content with what we have. Well, how do you, how do you become content? How do you get to the place where you acquire contentment? Guys, you realize contentment is the product of two things. Let me give them to you real quickly. Number one is possessing heavenly treasure. When we realize that everything that we have is anchored and tied in to heavenly treasure from the Lord, that helps us to be content with what we have. The second thing is when we cast all of our cares upon a sovereign God and trust in Him for everything and we're not filled with anxiety and worry and we're simply trusting in God, that will help lead to contentment. So whenever you realize that everything you have is tied into the heavenly treasures of of God Almighty and you're trusting in the Sovereign God for everything in your life, therefore you're relieved of the anxiety and worry that leads to this wonderful product that the majority of Americans do not have called contentment. Are you with me? Are you guys getting this? I hope it's a blessing to you. I really do. I hope you're getting a hold of this. Most folks check out whenever we talk about finances because people don't want you to look at anything in their life, especially in their checkbook, right? But I hope you're getting a hold of some of these principles. Let me give you another one here. Turn number seven. We must, you must be on guard to the temptations and the messages of the world. I've already shared with you how Satan is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for victims to just simply tear apart. So therefore, we've got to be on guard to the temptations that are out there to worship the God of materialism that I opened up this series with last week. That golden calf of materialism that Satan wants us to bow down to and worship. We've got to be on guard. Why? Because there are thousands of messages that we get every single day where Satan is luring us to come and bow at this graven image of materialism. It's on Facebook. It's on Google. It's on the Internet. It's in the magazines, it's in the TV shows, it's in the lifestyles of people that are all around us, it's in the storefront window when we're walking by and shopping, it's on the lot. <laughs> Let me just share something with you. We, we love camping, okay? We've had a tent for over 20 years. We've had this four-man tent that we bought for our four-person family back when the kids were itty-bitty, okay? We bought this tent. And we've been camping in this tent for twenty some odd years. Well, this past week we went camping, and the and I've been praying for rain the whole time because I love to be in a tent when it rains and listen to that and the cool breeze, especially at night. And so I've been praying. I just pray it rains. I pray it rains. I pray it rains. I pray it rains one thing I did because I knew our tent was old, I, I had a tarp, a huge tarp that I placed over top of it and I pulled it out really uh, strong and tight and made it like where that water would run off our tent. I didn't get it completely covered, but I got it about 70% covered. Well, the storm came and it came at really the worst time you ever want a storm to come. The morning you're going to tear down camp, Right. You don't want it to rain the day you're tearing camp down, right? You're packing the tent, packing everything up. Why? It's all wet, and you know the reasons for that, right? So we're laying in the tent, waiting for the rain to stop, laying in the tent, waiting for the rain to stop. I'm like, oh, my God, I don't think this rain's ever going to stop. Finally, it stops. We get out. We start tearing down. We pull our our air mattresses out of the tent that we were were using, and look, and it's just full of water, okay? We took the tent down. It's just, it's done. So we just, I said, here's the best way to take care of this tent. We just folded it up. We had used it for over 20 years, and we just threw it in the dumpster on the way out. That tent was done. So we had to be in the market for a new tent. So we started searching for tents, and we found a couple that we liked. And, and we said, well, why don't we go, and my wife uses this term called Scooter Putin. I don't know if you saw that on Facebook or not. So we went Scooter Putin uh, yes, yesterday, Friday. Yes, what's today? Sunday. Friday. We went scooter-proof. So we go over to St. Louis. Let's go to the RV place and let's look at campers. Now, if you have a camper, God bless you. You need to be thanking the Lord for that amazing camper. So we went and looked at some and we, we went and looked at some and started around 15,000 and we're kind of looking, looking, looking and kind of I said, well let's go look at this one. And then let's go look at this one. And, and then he says, now listen, with your vehicle, this is the class you've got to stay in. And I said, I like that one over there. He said, well, if you get that one over there, you've got to upgrade your vehicle. You've got to get at least a three-quarter ton vehicle. And I said, well, I may could do that. And I said, let's go look at that camper. So we go in and look at this camper. It is drop-dead gorgeous. I mean, holy smoke, gorgeous. Fifth wheel, it's got all the bells and whistles. I mean, it is gorgeous. Now, I said, how much is this camper brand new? It was a used one. I said, how much is this camper brand new? $102,000 for this camper. And he said, now, we have RVs over here, and they start around the $300,000 range. <laughs> I'm like, that tent is beautiful. So we left there. <laughs> we, we left there, and we went, <laughs> we went to Bass Pro to look at their tents. Now we're back down in the $200 range. From a 102000 to a $300,000 RV down to $200 bucks. I think the Lord be pleased with this, right? And so we're shopping there when we realize they didn't have exactly what we want. So we, we go in their little sit down department where they have all these chairs you can sit down in, the zero gravity chairs. So we kick back and we're shopping Walmart in Bass Pro on the Walmart app on our phone. And we find the tent we want and we order it. <laughs> And we do the thing where they'll ship it to your house, but you gotta go to the nearest Walmart and pay, cause I didn't want to put all my information online with Walmart, and, and so I said, well just do that. So we do that, and we said, and the ladies came by, you guys okay? I said, you would not believe how amazingly okay we are right now. We're just fabulous, right? And so we ordered that tent, and I said, now we got to go to Walmart. So we leave Bass Probe, and Debbie puts in her GPS, and we go scooter putting over to Walmart over in St. Louis. Somewhere over there we were. And we walk in there, and I said, i got to pay for this item." I get an email, and I open it up. She scans it, and I pay for my tent there, right? And it's going to be delivered this week. And I don't know why I'm telling you all this. Oh, content. Being content. Okay? Being content. The temptation came. To old John Cannon when I'm on that RV lot. And I'm thinking, how can I upgrade to a three-quarter ton truck? How can I get this $102,000 RV? Well, let me think how I can do that. I can sell my house. I can sell everything in the house. I can sell my kids out for labor. I'll keep my wife because I need her to clean the RV and kind of go camping with me. Okay? There's no way I can afford that. All right? But I'm thinking, how can I get that? I can't get that. But isn't it amazing how Satan tempts you with those things, right? And oh, how content we are now. You know, what? we went and we went, bought a $15 rug for our tent last night. Just being content in our little tent that we're going to have. I'm just saying guys, we gotta do that in all of life. You gotta do it every single day. You gotta do it all the time. Uh, we just gotta to learn to be content. That's turn number seven. Turn number eight, you gotta evaluate purchases according to biblical principles. J- jot that one down. I wanna show you this video. You gotta evaluate purchases just as we evaluated. Okay, upgrade to a three quarter time truck, then buy a $102,000 camper, or a $200 tent. Not a whole lot of evaluating that really had to take place in my mind, in our mind, to be able to do that. Uh, so anyway, and I so evaluate your purposes, okay? Purchases. I'm going to show you a video, and before we play this video, if you want to go ahead and cue it up and get it ready to play, uh, I want to show you this video. It's about a four minute video, but I don't know if you guys follow NFL. You know, don't, don't play foremost, it yet. Just... Don't play it yet. Pause it. I don't know if you guys follow Derek Carr. Leave it up, just like you have it right there. Derek Carr is the quarterback for the Oakland Raiders. He just signed this five-year, $125 million contract extension, which puts him at the highest-paid NFL player in NFL history. And I want you to listen to this interview. but Here's what I want, want you to pay attention to. I want you to pay attention to, back when he was in college what he did with a few dollars that he got in college. And I want you to pay attention to his lifestyle that he's living now. I want you to pay attention to how he says his wife is living. And I want you to pay attention to what he's going to do with his $125 million that he's going to get over a five-year period. This is a man that is the embodiment of living life as a river and not a reservoir. Now, this is what I want you to pay attention to because I think this particular story that just broke a couple weeks ago, this particular story really is the embodiment of a personal illustration of just exactly what I've been speaking on for the past two weeks. Okay? So let's watch this video, and then I'm going to close. Band, you can come on up.
2: Uh, Blessed and honored. uh... To be sitting here today, I dreamed of this day when I was a little kid, um, and uh, it's here. And so, uh, I'm just I just thank God for this opportunity. I just want to thank the Raiders organization uh, for Mr. Davis, uh, Reggie, uh, Dan, Tom, um, you know, Jack, and his coaching staff, our coaching staff, uh, for putting their trust in me. That uh, I don't take that lightly. Uh, I, I think you can 't pay me a better compliment uh, than to, than to tell me that you trust me uh, with the keys uh, to, to this thing, and um, for that i 'm grateful and i 'm honored uh, really am uh, uh, to be the quarterback here of the team that I love of the team uh, of the only team that was on my mind that has always been on my mind since even the draft process um, uh, that has just felt right from the beginning and uh, you know, there there was no doubt in my mind when uh, when this whole thing was about to go down that I, I told Tim, you know, my agent, that I don't want to play anywhere else. If they'll let me sign a twenty year deal, let's do it. And he's like, Well, let's you know, let's wait a little bit on that, you know. Uh, I don't know if that's smart, but uh you know, I, I, I there was no there was there was no hesitation for me out. It didn't matter if they said that, I'd be like, Yeah, deal and you know, Tim would have to teach me like, well, it's probably not the best thing. But uh yeah you know, I just wanted to be a raider um, it's 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 more than just a team to me it's more than just that it's family. Uh, the way that we did uh, that the business uh, you know went down uh, it, it was easy uh, as as Tim would say you know both sides. I think Dan would say the same. I think that uh, you know both sides just wanted it to get done and it, it was it was uh, two family members just figuring out how to get along and uh, we did uh, we figured out a way to do it. Uh, so that we have the opportunity to sign the other guys that I think are important to this organization. And less. that was really important to me, not to just take every single dime that we could. Um, and I hope that that's known that, uh, obviously, with the position that I play, it, it has to be around a certain number. That's just it is what it is. But at the same time, I told Tim, if we can structure it in a way to help the Raiders um, you know, get the other guys, give them opportunity to come in. That that'd be really important to me too. So, uh, and lastly, I close my statement with this. Um, I, it's very important to me for the kids out there watching this and for them to know that I never chased the money in this whole process. Um, it's something that I, I, I'm very passionate about. Uh, I tried to be the best version of myself every single day uh, and, and give my teammates in this organization everything that I had. It was never. It's never going to be about the money for me. And so. If one kid can understand what I'm trying to tell them by saying that, uh, I think that I've done my job. So thank you. Your priorities are in life and everything are well known, uh. but it is a huge contract. Um, just, and You're not really an extravagant guy, but is <laughs> there one thing that you... That you're gonna sort of splurge on that you can. Chick- Chick-fil-A, uh, Chick-fil-A. Uh, I've been eating clean, lad, lad. We got lad here. He's been having me eat clean. I'll probably get some Chick-fil-A, but uh, no. Uh, first thing I'll do is I'll pay my tithe, like I have since I was in college, getting $700 on a scholarship check. Um, you know, 80, 000, that, that won't I'll do that. Uh, I'll probably give my wife something nice. Uh, you know, even though she begs me not to, she, she still gets coupons ever since, we, ever since still I've still known have. her. She finds coupons. She gets online trying to find discounts and all those things, and uh, none, none of that's going to change. The, the exciting thing for me, money-wise, honestly, it's is that ribbon. this money's going to help a lot of people. Um, uh, you know, I'm very thankful to have it that it's in our hands because it's going to help people not only in this country but in a lot of countries around the world, um, and that's, what, that's what's exciting to me. It was very, it was like surreal at first. I was like, all right, man, that's like Monopoly, man. That's, that's weird, you know. Um, but then, like, as I began to see it and how we could place it in certain areas and began to see what kind of impact that could really make, uh, that's when it hit me. Like, that you know, I, you know, I didn't want to talk about that, but I've been down to Haiti. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've, I've seen, you know, some of those struggles that they have and the kids there, and my heart just, I, I cry sometimes thinking about it. And so just knowing that we can go down there and just make a difference and help, uh, those are the kind of things uh, that the money makes me kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, because now we can really do some things to help a lot of people.
1: Okay, let me wrap up this with a couple things. You guys can play softly. Let Let me give you two words. There's a word called inventory and there's a word called maturity. Those that are immature Always focused on inventory. Do you know what is in inventory? The letter and the person I is in everything whenever you're taking inventory. Look what I have. Look what I'm doing. Inventory is all about you. Maturity, on the other hand, is about others. Derek Carr is is a guy that is spiritually mature when he realizes that it's not about me but it's about realizing that God blessed me and now I can be a blessing to others. So here's the deal. Whenever we're thinking about stewardship, we're thinking about being a manager, finances, gifts, talents, whatever it is that we have in life. It all belongs to God. And we need to be thinking about how can we use that, that God has given us, to help and serve and be a blessing to others. It's not about getting so that I personally can have better. Is everybody listening to me? It's not about getting so that I personally can live and have and do and be better. That's not the goal. That's a very immature. Everybody say immature. That's an immature goal. To think if I could just get this for me, then I'll be happy. That's so naive. Satan has you blinded. It's not about getting for you. It's about getting to give. Zig Ziglar said it best. If you'll help enough people get whatever it is they need in life, you'll get everything you need in life. It's not about me getting and everybody looking at me. It's about me honoring God with everything that I have and Him trusting to place more in my care so that I can give and be a blessing to others. I think Darren Carr's story is an amazing story. It's biblical. He's living it out. I'm not an Oakland Raider fan. But I am a Derek Carr fan. I started following him on Twitter a couple weeks ago after I saw this. And I have him where I'll be notified every time he throws out a tweet. It's amazing to see the influence that he's having spiritually with the millions, hundreds of thousands of people that are following him. How he points everything upward. He has on there, he said, what everybody else calls work, I call worship. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whatever you do, whether it's at the hospital, whether it's at Menards, whether it's at the daycare facility, whether it's at the post office, Jared on your new job, he started Monday. Terry over at the school system, over at college. (laughs) O'Fallon High School, right? Whatever it is we're doing. Whatever we call work whatever they call work we need to call worship. It's about Him. And it's about learning to give. Most people live life like this and then this and then this and they get real mean and protective. Live life like this. The Lord giveth the Lord taketh away blessed be the name of the lord will you live life like this that's really what i'm trying to teach over the last two weeks whenever we're talking about money it's not about you having more stuff now you may get stuff but it's about you helping and serving and being a blessing to as many people as you can are you with me all right let's pray together father thank you for our time together today Thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray that it finds its way in our heart. And help us to be people that know how to be givers. Help us to pay attention to the gentle nudge that you give us. So that we can take advantage of those opportunities to be able to give. May it first start with our time that's where it starts by giving our tithe to the local church and then whatever we give above that are just gentle nudges from you on how we can live life like a river and be a blessing to others Father there may be some here today that you have figured around in their heart in the area of their finances they've trusted you as their Savior but they really haven't allowed you to be the Lord of their life and the Lord of their finances. I pray that today will be the day when they have a heart change, when they surrender to the complete Lordship of Jesus and allow you to take full control of every area of their life, including their finances. Bless each one that's here today. Bless those that listen to this on the podcast. Help us to be rivers and not reservoirs. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360 or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.